Thanks for calling Toyota. This is Jan. I just adopted a new best friend, and I'm looking for a Toyota so we can make the most out of summer. With a new RAV4, you can take your pup for a drive up the coast. You can take a Prius to the park. Or you can take a Tundra to kayak at a remote lake. One problem, Jan. Oh? My new best friend's a cat. Your summer starts here, but it all ends June 3rd. Toyota, let's go places. Dealer inventory may vary, so you're participating Toyota dealer for details. Visit your front-range Toyota stores today. Toyota, let's go places. And go. this ball in the air, deep right center go. field. Two-run home run, Trevor Story. Way back, Myers, he'll watch it go out. Chuck Nasty. Two-run home run, David Dahl. And Nolan drives this high in the air, deep left field. Take a good look, you won't see it for long. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Welcome in to the DNVR Rockies podcast presented to you by StravaCraft Copy. Remember to use their promo code DNVR20 because when you do that this week, you get 30% off your entire purchase of that deliciously rich, potentially life-altering CBD-infused, look, I switched the order on you, StravaCraft Coffee. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. I am the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons, and it's Free Trade Friday. That means we're going to be talking about some trades. We're going to be thinking about some ways in which the Colorado Rockies may have to fend off some interesting offers this offseason because there's going to be a lot of people asking about their superstar players. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of offers they may get. We'll take a look at some of those. Again, if you've got your own, go to uh, baseballtradevalues.com. Hit us up with that uh, trade proposal of your own. Let us know what you think the Colorado Rockies could or should do, whether it's to make themselves immediately better, to make themselves better, maybe more in the long term, whichever way you want to go, send us all of that stuff, either on social media at Drew or Patrick at the DNVR.com, all of that stuff. And before we get into that, though, we do have to talk, Patrick. We got to beat these other beats right now. We got to beat the beats. That's the biggest thing. We we gotta we gotta prove to those Broncos nugs and Avs guys. Rockies fans know what's up. Rockies fans are hardcore. They are as invested in their team. As anybody else out there, whether you've been reading our Rocks and Roll articles, the continuing uh, Coors Conundrum pieces that we've had going up, the Falls Count Anywhere, or Patrick and I get together for a little bare knuckle, hammering out some debate issues. We got much more of that coming your way. So here's what you got to do. Use that code Rockies when you go to the DNVR.com right now. You subscribe for the annual subscription. And with that, you get the shirt, the mask, and a sticker pack. For free, you get to choose the shirt. I uh, highly recommend that Walker Hall of Fame one. Uh, also, the Colorado Rakes, pretty stellar one there. And you get to help us beat the other beats in our competition here at the DNVR. So if you've been thinking about 
resubscribing. You, you've let that thing go because the baseball season ended. You've been missing out on some of these pieces. You're like, I'd like to read some of that. Now's the time to do it. And you get a bunch of extra free stuff when you do. So all kinds of good reasons to do that. Uh, before we also get into it, Patrick, uh, you know, I, was, I was on TDSP earlier today. We were having a lot of great time, but we were also talking baseball superstitions. And I know you were taking in a lot of the conversation, throwing us uh, a lot of stuff. But that that's also, I feel like that's kind of your bag. Like we were, we were very much in your wheelhouse and you were not a part of that show. So I wanted to get anything that you felt like you know, needed to be added to the conversation. Because as we said on TDSP, and by the way, everybody subscribe to that show. Make sure you've got that in your podcast rotation. So much fun when all the different beats get together. But everyone agreed baseball's got the most superstitions. Uh, uh, you were throwing us some of your favorites. What are a few others that just, because we were never going to be able to cover them all. <laughs> well, I, I love Wade Boggs having fried chicken before every game. Turk yeah. Wendell, brushing his teeth every between innings. I think he also ate licorice between innings. That was the most, he's the most superstitious ball player I think we've ever seen. Uh, Of course, Rockies fans know all too well uh, the superstition about the golden thong that he took from Oakland, brought it to Colorado. And well, if you wore this golden thong that was passed around the entire, the entire Mm. clubhouse, you were guaranteed to get a hit. And always worked uh i incidentally i think ryan spielberg's still has that i think he's still in possession of it wow. uh, as strange as that is of course you know you have to think the uh of players and what they do every time they step out of the box you know you've got nomar garcia para with all uh everything he would do with his batting glove and step out grabbing his hat hitting the bottom of his his uh, baseball bat on the knob tapping um, his cleats that's a very common uh thing that um, that he would do very frequently, you know, those are, those are some of them. Some guys would, you know, they groom the mound in a certain way. Um, Gosh, I mean, I'm thinking of Craig Biggio, his batting helmet. He would always have it covered in pine tar. That was kind of a superstition of like, well, I grabbed my helmet on the top, so I might as well have it sticky. I think Charlie Blackman subscribes to that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. Where he has, he really gunky up on the top, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's got a gunky helmet. Um, yeah, a lot of guys I was talking about, you know, there, there's so many things guys will take the same route to work, to the ballpark every single day. They'll try to arrive uh, around the same time every day. I know a lot of guys would do meals um, by day of the week. I think Chad Bettis was, I'm trying to remember now. I got I, some of those pitchers that I talked to that one day, like literally while they were eating. Um, and, and it was just, yeah, like, no, you know, Monday I do steak and potatoes. Tuesday is a, fried chicken and vegetable thing. Uh, Wednesday, I, I do a big carbo load, you know, maybe just pasta or whatever, uh, you know, stuff like that. But, but, but every week, you know, it's so, so, and, and Rudo and I were talking about too, there is a really fine line between, you know, what constitutes routine and what constitutes superstition. Uh, you know, a lot of guys won't change their underwear during the postseason, stuff like that. That crosses the line, I think, from routine to superstition, but it's still, it's hard to argue that it's not routine. <laughs> yeah. I know John Wetland, a couple Yankees ones, he wore one cap for the entirety of a season, which mm-hmm. I've seen some other guys do. I think Dustin Pedroia probably has done that, but you yeah. would you would see it by the end of the year. And in fact, I remember it was in, uh, when they won the World Series in 96, you see how nasty Wetland's 
hat look as, <laughs> as he closed out that World Series. And you go, but wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a patch. There's a World Series patch on it. Yeah, they had to extricate that hat all by itself, iron it on or stitch it on, whatever wow. it was, and then give it that hat specifically back to him. Uh, yeah, food is is a big one. I know uh, Jim Palmer, Hall of Famer, used to have a stack of pancakes before every game. That was a pretty big one. Lenny Dykstra used to blame his batting gloves if he got uh, thrown out, caught stealing. So he'd have to just swap them out and, and, right. and get a new pair of batting gloves. And, you know, this, I, I knew this story about this gentleman's nickname, but I didn't realize it was from, you know, a superstition until recently. But uh, Mike Hargrove, great uh, manager of, of Cleveland during the 90s. I think he also was in, was in charge of Baltimore for a little while in the early 2000s. But, he used to, when he would step out and do all his batting glove and stuff routines, it would take forever. So he had one of the greatest nicknames of all time. And I guess it came from these superstitions in between pitches, but his nickname was the human rain delay. Oh, so yeah. not, not the rainmaker or the bringer of rain, like Josh Donaldson, where, you know, he would hit the ball up so high, it would, it would get into a cloud and, and cause a, a storm. No, so not the rainmaker is Kazuchika yeah. Kata, but that too oh wow that 805 this is i was gonna say that might be a new record yeah that could be a new one um but yeah no no mark hargrove he would just it would be like oh there's a delay in game like oh get the players off the field no it's just mike hargrove is batting you could probably say the same for pedro baez between Mm. pitches where it's it's a good 25 30 seconds between when he gets the ball back on the mound to when he throws his next pitch it's uh baseball's great Baseball's it, just great, isn't, isn't it? it? Just the best. I was I was reminiscing about uh, all the times I've jumped over the foul line and made sure that I, you know, didn't touch the foul line. That one does seem to be going away amongst younger generations, which I don't understand. That's really bizarre. Like, no reason to step on the line. I don't, I don't see any reason to do that. But uh, yeah, man, it's just it's just full of them out there. So cheers, your Breck Brew on this day. I've got the Lager. I've run out of the Hot Peak IPA. So I'm just going with the straight Breck lager. I don't have any of the new one. There's that new juicy fruit, juicy, whatever. What? Wow. <clears throat> There's a I juicy like... IPA thing going on. I'm intrigued. I need to be a part of the movement now. I'm, I feel behind. Is it more of a juicy fruit type beer or is it more of a Gushers? Because, I mean, <laughs> it, there's a difference between the two flavor uh palettes if you will <laughs> do people remember gushers are we are we dating ourselves do 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 people have fruit fruit by the foot is does fruit by the foot still exist can you get that please just tell me patrick that there's somewhere I, you can get fruit yes by the foot. i feel like i've seen that in stores that should not die although now they might just call it like fruit leather like that's the fancy name for fruit by the foot but if you're in canada is it fruit, not fruit by the way fruit, fruit by, by the, the metric <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. Proof by the kilometer? Nah, uh, I'm not I, sure. I, I think that's how you'd have to measure it at that point. Also, you not fruit. And you you can't talk about can't talk about perfect games and or no hitters when they're going on. Right. You can't. That's obviously Just a big don't. superstition. No. There there's I mean, ones that that guys I think make up. Like you almost have to have one as a superstition and you're like, you don't think of it as a superstition guys just play it off. Whether they wear two different, you know, two different socks, that's a common one or they have the same socks every day. I think that was mentioned. And it's Mm -hmm. just, you you say, Hey, this is, this is what's going well. Let's keep running with it. In fact, that wasn't that really the case in in 2007 where they kept wearing the same 
Didn't they typically yeah. wear the the black vest because hey, right. we're winning ball games. Let's stick to it. If we change jerseys, obviously we're probably going to lose, or at least the odds are going to increase significantly. And right, I mean they weren't wrong, but right. were they right? <laughs> right. They uh, th- there was a there was a lot of stuff from that season. The um and and I'm blanking on the young man's name now, but the uh, Clint Hurdle would write his number yeah. in the in the lineup card. The young man who passed away. Uh, and then and it become friends with the team and it's like you know the Rockies win all those games because Clint Hurdle kept writing that young man's name on or his number on on the lineup card like maybe maybe not maybe 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 not you know that's 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 one of the great things about baseball is like and everybody there's also I feel like there's a lot of um touchy superstitions and uh I, I don't have a lot of these but like you know uh, the the touch the dugout you, you tap before you go out into the on deck circle or yeah, there's a you know a lot of guys that there, there's a lot of crossing yourself. There's a lot of religious imagery as well, um, but whatever it is, like yeah, touching touching the jerseys, a lot of signs, uh, making sure that you spit before you do something. Uh, that you know, as much as that's again, it, there's a fine line between a routine where I just spit because I'm a baseball player and I'm outside and it's dry and, and I've got chew or seeds or whatever going on, and literally. Every time I step from this step, which is the dugout, to this step, which is technically the field, I also spit every single time. And I know there are dudes who do that who probably don't even fully recognize that what they're doing is taking the field the exact same way, a hundred plus times a season. And I just I, ball players are some of the most interesting people in the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> why do you do this stuff? And and so, I said earlier, Patrick, I, uh, on the show, I think it's because so much of baseball is out of your control, because so much of it is not under your direct control. So whether what do you put on the name of luck or fate or in the hands of the gods or whatever it may be, uh, and everybody has their own interpretation of what that is, and that's why baseball is so brilliant because at some point the ball is in the air. And all of us are just waiting to see what the fates have in store. The one thing that you know ties all superstitions together is again this general idea that it helps you. That there, there's a result. There's a there's this cause and effect that if I do this, something good will happen. And usually it starts because the good thing happened more times than not. Eventually you have to change it up and you get a haircut or whatever it is. But it's, it's there's a result like, hey, the desired outcome is happening here. I'm going to keep doing this superstition. Right. But what if the opposite were true? What if the, the thing you didn't want to happen was happening? Would you continue that right. superstition? And, and I say that because an interesting thing is, and, and I know you'll enjoy this, uh, you might recognize the name Hiroshi Yamauchi, um, who is, is – the owner of Nintendo Corporation and and who also owns the Seattle Mariners, he's never actually seen the Mariners play in person. He's seen them, you know, at, on television. You know, he lives in Japan, but if, when he comes to Seattle, he does not go to the Mariners game to see them live. Now, keep in mind, this is a Seattle Mariners team that, in the forty plus years that they've been in existence, has never gone to the World Series. The only team in Major League Baseball that right. has not gone to the World Series. So, Mr. Yamauchi, please go see your Mariners. Go see a game. game. <laughs> Take one in, maybe. Why? No. 
your superstition is backwards. What do you think <laughs> is going to happen if you do go to a game? Right, right, they're gonna, right. They're going to get relegated? Like, no, no, that's soccer. That's not even this country. We don't do that in America. You could lose 100 games every year, and they go, man, you should start being a fan of this team soon because they're going to be uh, really good. Will Nintendo go under? No. <laughs> have you heard of Pokemon? You have. You know how I know that? Because everyone everywhere in the world, do you know that Pokemon's actually more successful, more global than like Star Wars and like Pokemon like global globally is insane. So Nintendo will be fine, dude. Go to a baseball game. <laughs> that makes that makes sense, but at the same time, that that is a little shocking that that would be number one since it's a relatively new kid on the block. You know, I mean, right. uh, mid nineties, mid to late nineties. Right. Right. Right, it's kind of late nineties. I I want to I want to say 97, 98, because I was uh, I was there. At the, I, I remember. Yeah. I was there, kids. I was at the beginning of it. I had I didn't even have a Game Boy Color yet. <laughs> I'm a Yu Gi Oh guy, so I we we maybe we should just drop the topic. No, I'm just I, kidding. I think maybe we should move on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but we do actually have to move on, or we I I rephrase that, Patrick. We get to move on and talk about the left side of the infield, and this is a, a continuing interesting conversation for the Colorado Rockies because a handful of things are objectively true. One, Colorado Rockies have probably the best left side of the infield in baseball. If they're not, they're in second. I, they're extraordinarily talented. There's no question about what they can and have achieved. Uh, there's also the fact that two, both of them could be free agents following the 2021 season this could be their final season wearing the uniforms of the Colorado Rockies. And therefore, three, there will be some people out there interested in acquiring them, which leaves the Rockies in a weird and interesting situation, whether it's trying to figure out trades that make sense there. And if so, are, are you bringing back third baseman and shortstops? Where's your you know, organization at? As of right now, what kind of it's it's really bizarre, Patrick, because it's, I think it's rare in baseball where you've got a position where, like, as it stands, you're more than solid. But a year from now, that spot could be a total question mark, absolutely up in the air. And so we get to dive into all of it now. It's going to be fun and interesting. And, and I would submit there's even a 3B where you say, hey, three or three a there's teams vying for their services and, and could acquire them in a trade. So three B instead of them being gone to free agency in 2021, before the 2021 season begins, you could have Arenado and story both traded off of the Rockies right. roster. Again, right. very low chance of that, but it, it's, it's in play. It's, it's, it's being discussed in, in such a fashion. So you know, we've been doing this the last couple of Fridays and we're going to continue to do it going forward. Uh, every Friday now we're going to be looking at, at trades uh, that, that you can make on baseballtradevalues.com. But we're also on Fridays trying to look at what free agents are available out there. Who can the Rockies go out and sign? They've already picked up three players, uh, a righty and Derek Rodriguez uh, signed from, from the, the Giants. He was also... Uh, I think picked up by Atlanta at some point. Uh, we also had Brian Gonzalez from Baltimore, who was in their 60-man uh, alternate site, a, a lefty that that'll be a great depth piece today. Uh, Thomas Harding broke the news that Jose Briseño is now back into the fold. Uh, a nice oh, I missed that catcher. Yeah, 
Uh, another another I, player from that 2014 Asheville Tourist Championship squad uh, is back with them. So I really like what they're doing with these depth pieces. They that, that this is the bottom, not the. How do I want to phrase this? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fine. bottom of the barrel. But this is the bottom of the barrel that they need to build, and from right. there you need to go up. But that bottom is super important. You need to have, oh. you know, competent is a word I, I've I've worn out a lot. But you need to have some competent catching. You know, fourth or fifth string catchers. They're doing that. They've got got a lefty uh, reliever. You know, Derek Rodriguez is is a bit of a spark. He can be a starting pitcher. He can be a relief pitcher. Um, so we're going to look today at, at the left side of the infield, shortstops and third baseman that you go, well, wait a minute. If they're starters, most likely the Rockies aren't even going to bother kicking the tires on them because they've got Story and Arenado. But what if the unthinkable unthinkable does happen and Arenado does get traded and or Story does get traded? They might bring back somebody or they might say, again, this is a really rich market for some quality players. The market is down. So you, you trade Nolan, you're saving $35 million. You trade Story, you're saving $18.5 million. So you can go out and sign uh, a very good all-star caliber shortstop for one year at $14, $15 million to be somewhat of a stopgap. So there are a lot of options that are out there. And the first guy that, that I'll mention that I'll – We'll get your take on Drew because I'm I'm sure you've got a take. Is it Mr. No. Justin Turner? <clears throat> might be nope. getting about two years, twenty-four million dollars. Uh, is 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 what I'm hearing out there? But you don't want Justin Turner anywhere near the Colorado Rockies. Is that correct, Drew? I don't want Justin Turner anywhere near Major League Baseball. I am so beyond infuriated at Justin Turner and Rob Manfred for that whole situation i did it yeah no i don't want him on my team i don't want him in the game i don't want him i um, no <laughs> don't want him. that's my take yeah uh, I, I i don't think there's there's any chance that he he ends up coming to colorado but he's a he's a name that's out there he is a name and he is out there well i i'm gonna skip the the guy who might get the most from the left side of the infield because uh, he's not a very familiar name, but I'll mention one that that is a bit more, and that's Didi Gregorius. Uh, mm, I'm like hearing anywhere around, yeah, three years, thirty nine million dollars. He's probably at the top of my list if, let's say, the Rockies don't bring back a, a capable shortstop in in a Trevor Story deal. I love the fact he's got an incredibly low strikeout rate. You know, that's mm -hmm. that's one of those moves where you say, all right, well, how can we improve by getting rid of one of our star players? Well, what if you have somebody um, that has a, a strikeout rate that's half that of a Trevor Story? And and that's essentially where Didi Gregorius High is. teens, mid-teens, high uh, teens? Low teens, yeah. Low teens. Yeah, in fact, if, if you just go back and look over the last three years – you know what his average like has been it's it's been it's been really good uh it's, it's been about 13 13 on the button mm. uh taking his last three years of of fan graphs win above above replacement he's uh he's 11th 11th best shortstop so that's not bad uh 10th right above him is angelton simmons he's another uh potential guy that might only get a one-year deal he's not going to provide a lot uh, on the offensive side, but again, defensively, you look and you say, "Man, that again, not much of an upgrade." Because we know Trevor Story is 
very underrated and fantastic defensive shortstop, but he's, you know, Simmons is one of those guys that would actually, you know, uh, move it up just a notch. Simmons is better. Yeah. And I think in Coors Field too, you're going to get, you're going to get, you know, a, a little bit of a bump. He he will benefit from that. Not so much on the road. It, it could be a, a question. You're you might have a guy that that isn't able to hit second in the lineup. Probably be one of those guys. Yeah. And isn't reliable. He's gonna bat second for part of the year. If he starts slumping, you might need to move him down. Batting sixth, he had a you know a pretty good season this year batting all over the lineup. And you know, I I I, I like Angelton Simmons. He's great. I do he's, too. he's still relatively young and Again, if, if if you're looking to replace your star shortstop, you 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 have to do it with with a capable guy there. Brendan Rodgers, you know, I, I just don't think he's ready for it right now. He's he's kind of played his way out of shortstop, and and maybe he can get himself back there. But I don't know that that's something that can happen overnight. And and by overnight, I mean considering the injury issues that he's had. Now maybe right. 2022, he says, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe I'm gonna or get rid of some of this bulk and, and again, focus on that first step, focus on my quickness and, and, and just get back to being a defensive player. And the Rockies said, go for it. We don't care if you hit 225. play defense. Then I would say maybe Brendan Rogers, but until that day, he's not a shortstop. Well, and to fully explain your scenario here, this is a situation where the Rockies have traded Trevor story, presumably mostly for pitching and young players who aren't going to be ready right away. They haven't brought back a shortstop, right? And so you sign, as you said, Simmons, not to be your shortstop of the future necessarily, but a lot of guys are going to be getting these one year or one or two year kind of pillow contracts so that when the economy hopefully comes back for both baseball and the world, teams are ready to spend a little bit more again. These guys like Simmons who are going to be 30, maybe at that point, I'd have to double check his age exactly. He's not going to be so far past his prime. He can't still make some money, could sign another deal who better for Brendan Rogers to learn how to play the position of shortstop from now Trevor story is a perfectly great person to learn it from but if you if you're moving on from that guy because you have to or because you get a, a deal you can't say no to Simmons I think would be the absolute perfect guy to bring in on a one or two year deal to again I don't think he's going to hit that well at Coors I think he would fall victim to the whole situation he'd be dreadful on the road um but he can pick it that guy's the best defensive shortstop in baseball. He's probably the most underrated defensive commodity in the game of baseball. It's like when he was the hot new thing, we all talked about him all the time, and then we just stopped. But he didn't stop doing it. He's still incredible at shortstop. And so um, for this Rockies pitching staff, for the the Kyle Freelands of the world who need every single extra out that they can get uh, as they continue to develop, and if you're – trade of a star player like a story or an Arenado is intended to be a redirection and not a rebuild bringing in a guy like that can really help and and it seems like the kind of thing that Monfort would want to do right so as not to because as we've talked about before they're never going to go into a season trying to lose on purpose and coming out and saying we're going to be bad so that's the kind of guy I think that'd be really interesting you sold me on Simmons I like it yeah, and and as you mentioned, you know this is if they trade Story, and so think of it as this: whatever package you get back for Trevor Story, think of you have to think of a Trevor Story trade, the return on that deal, with a signing of a shortstop, 
because right. you're getting both of those things. You have to you have to essentially upgrade at shortstop. By upgrade, I mean if Story's gone, you've got nobody to play short. So <laughs> besides Alan Trejo, again, who's right. great defensively, but I, I I think if you want to try to you know dream about contention and and if there is you know possibly a, a, another wild card or there's six or seven you know playoff spots in the National right. League, they keep the format and you want to be in it. Right, you you got to upgrade that spot at short, so you can say, "Hey, let's bring in three players in a story trade." Well, the fourth player is is a signing, and you say, yep. "Well, now when you look at the entire entirety of the picture, you can say, okay, this this makes a lot more sense, and, and it can be you know a lot more beneficial." Yeah. Uh, the other shortstop, so Marcus Simeon is also uh, a guy that that'll probably. Um, is looking to probably only sign a one-year deal. He would love to sign yeah. something longer than that. Yeah, but I he would. Any normal that. year. Yeah. And and because of the season that he had in 2019, where it was it was very much MVP caliber, he's he's probably set to even make more money than Angelton Simmons. So again, I I know fans might might be upset if they go, wait a minute, both guys are on the market, and the Rockies, let's say they were to choose Simmons over Simeon, you say, oh, it's because they're trying to save money. You know, again, I'm I, I'd be fine with going defense. I'd probably first. rather, yeah, I'd probably even rather have Simmons again. I don't think Simeon's a guy whose game translates well to Coors Field. I think he's a great ball player, but and and we've only seen it for enough time. Again, those guys who are flashing the pan, trying to take advantage of the guy who's hot right now, and then changing his environment from wherever he was to Coors Field, they don't keep that momentum. You know, you gotta you gotta take the guys who've been solid, and Simmons has been just so so solid. He has, he has been, and as you said, as you, said you know, with his defense, you know, he was a, a platinum glove winner several years ago, and at the time, you know, people might forget that. I mean, since it was shoot five, six years ago that he was with Atlanta when he came up, they they extended him, signed him to some, you know, to a long term deal uh, at very cheap and affordable rates. I mean, the dude's been a big leaguer for about nine years now, and and last year he was only making fifteen thousand. Fifteen thousand, yeah. Oh, wow. Fifteen million dollars. <laughs> <Quite the> deal. <laughs> and because yeah. of that very favorable contract, the Angels gave up a lot for him at yep. the time. Because yeah, it, defense first. His bat's going to improve over time, and it absolutely did. Another guy that that might fit that mold that you could say, hey, he's a young, affordable. Uh, Angelton Simmons type, who's not thirty-one years old. He's twenty-five years old. Is I would assume he's one of our favorite KBO ball players because anyone from KBOs and comes to America is going to be one of our favorites. But Hasung Kim of the Kiwoom Heroes, 25 year old power hitting shortstop, uh, who, you know, there's a posting fee that goes into that. But ultimately, you know, you could have him for five years at $50 million, paying a guy that could be. You know, a, a future all-star, you know, maybe he's going to be, maybe he could be a superstar. Maybe he just is an all-star for a year or two, but he's got all the tools there. Uh, and, you know, he's, he, he walks a lot more than he strikes out. So you look at that and say, okay, well, you know, some guys are hitting 25, 30 home runs as a shortstop. Yes. As a shortstop. But what are, what are some of those other auxiliary numbers? Right. This past year, he had like a 12 to 10 walk to strikeout ratio, something like that percentage-wise. So, I mean, the dude puts the ball in play. You like that. You know, it's it certainly would be a, a, a cultural shift for that young man, uh, and, and it would be be quite an endeavor. But if you're looking to to replace Trevor Story and, and 
we're talking about the best options. Uh, ha Sung Kim could actually make the most money. His contract overall could be the most of any shortstop this offseason for a guy that before this pandemic, we didn't know anything about and we didn't care right. about. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. It's, it's again, one of those things. It goes against every like risk aversion bone in my body to be like, ah, Rockies can't be taking those kinds of risks. Like I just said about, you know, why Simmons over Simeon and, and it would be the same thing of like, it could work out, but if it turns out it's one of those guys whose game just doesn't translate for whatever reason uh, to the different league, it's going to hurt the Rockies more than it's going to hurt anybody else. But like you said, it'd be fun to dream on. Well, other names uh, worth mentioning. Uh, three guys, you know, we can spitball out. Kike Hernandez, Freddie Galvis, Jonathan VR. Any of those stand out to you? For, for me, Kike Hernandez, I think, is a great player on an already deep team. And... As soon as you put him in and in, in a lineup and 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 pen his name in, not just pencil, but as soon as you have him as one of your starters, I think you begin to maybe expose some of his flaws and see why he was perfect in that role for the Dodgers, as as a guy coming off the bench or given a spot start. Again, very good ball player, but one that may come with a high price tag because of his postseason experience. Yeah, I like. Uh, the thing I like most about Kike is his positional flexibility and yeah. the idea that he he can play all over the diamond and so he wouldn't, you know, marry you to any one concept. And like you said, I think he's best used in that role. So I'm not sure you would want to marry him to one position or one spot in the lineup, any of those kinds of things. But I think if you brought in a player like that, and the Rockies have been going in this direction for a little while. There's, you know, some of it has and hasn't worked out. At the big league level, Ryan McMahon's versatility is only so valuable if he can hit. Um, you know, same thing with kind of Brendan Rodgers. Can he still play shortstop? And that whole conversation we just had, uh, Josh Fuentes, can he move around the diamond a little bit? Uh, but having having those guys that allow – I've, I've just always really liked the positional flexibility and his bat-to-ball skills are pretty good. Don't have much interest in Freddie Galvis. My – Gut would say VR strikes out too much, um, but I know the power is there, and there's always that intriguing potential of like, uh, especially you know in a, in a world if the DH is there, I think I'd, I'd get much more interested in in Jonathan VR in a in a hurry. But um, Kike Hernandez is actually really interesting. I hadn't considered that. Yeah, I think as you said, he, his best value is as a guy who can wear a lot of different gloves and wear, well, <laughs> proverbially, he wears a lot of different hats. He, he would only wear one hat for the team uh, he played. Sure. But uh, he can play around, but at, at what price, at what cost? You're paying him maybe uh, the same as you would uh, a Freddie Galvis or a Jonathan VR. And I don't know. And again, it, at the end of the day, you go, well, but what did you get from those guys? So maybe Kike is, is, is better playing three out of every four four games and has just as much value as Galvis or VR. But again, the old school way of thinking is having a guy that you can pencil into the lineup every day, you know, you have a little bit more value in that. It's like starting pitchers who gives you, who give you innings, right? Like there's a lot of value to that. And I think what could happen with a Hernandez 
is that you go, man, he's he's head and shoulders a, a, a better than this option or that option. And then you do end up playing him 150 times a year because the right. depth isn't as great. So that that's almost the worry that, you know what, you're not going to get what you want from him because you're going to want to try to get more out of him in a sense. And, and, and that, that, that could be troublesome, but right. He, he was a name that jumped out. It says, man, you know, players like this, when they become free agents, they, they typically jump around to different clubs and organizations and up, they win a pennant over here. They win a championship over there. They're one of those glue pieces. I think in other ways, Uh, I do like Galvis. Yeah. Again, He's he's not going to give you a lot. He's good defensively. VR has more offensive upside, but I I guess I would err on the side of having better defense, more reliable. Yeah. At shortstop. Yeah. Now, a guy that I really like, and he hasn't shown it to me, and and I and I might just like him a lot from from my days playing fantasy baseball in a, in a dynasty league, and this was a very coveted prospect, and he provided a lot of value because he stole a lot of bases. It's a gentleman by the name of Jose Peraza. Mm. He's got a lot of positional flexibility, uh, can play shortstop. Uh, he's 27 years old, so the youngest free agent. Um, that, that That's a shortstop. You know, basically was, was non-tendered a contract by Boston. You know, batted 300 on average in the minors, has a very low strikeout rate. And with Cincinnati in 2018, uh, was worth two and a half wins above replacement. So he's a guy that, you know, if you could sign him on the cheap, I don't think he's a guy you sign and say, no, you're locked in as our starting second baseman and, you know, McMahon and, and Fuentes platoon or the three of those players, McMahon, Fuentes and Peraza kind of platoon between those two positions. See, I kind of like you know, that. that. I like the idea of it. If Peraza is giving me it's, his best. Right. And I don't necessarily know if you're going to get that, but he's a guy I think you can dream on in, in a lot of ways. Uh, and, and a lot of the shine has come off in him the last couple of years. Yeah. At the right price. I think, I, I think that's kind of what you were selling me on there is like at, at the exact right price to do that because you could fill in some at shortstop second base and play all the way around. You don't have to necessarily count on him, but he does have, some ability he could even still have yet more potential to be unlocked at 27 years old. And yeah, I, I like his game. I like the, the low strikeouts. Um, I've been diving in, into the numbers a lot about some of the guys that you do get more out of their bat when they come to Coors Field and some of the guys you don't. And that's one of the bigger telling factors is just getting the ball in play. Um, I could be sold on that at the right price. I like Peraza. Yeah. Three more names, and the first two are definitely intriguing. The third one I'll make intriguing, but uh, <laughs> first one is a guy that you and I liked two years ago in the off season. Had a bit of a down year. He's getting up there. He's thirty three, but you can get excited about Marwin Gonzalez. I can always get excited about Marwin Gonzalez, <laughs> but uh, yeah, less exciting than it used to be. But again. For the same reason it always was, the profile. The profile fits. Solid, solid, solid defender. Guy makes contact. Consistent ball player. You don't get super excited about him, but he's just valuable on both sides of the ball. And the Rockies don't often have too many players who who fulfill that role. And you can move him around a little bit. Like, yeah, I, I love Marlon. <laughs> yeah, after – if you throw out last year, he had – 
he was worth uh, just under two and a half wins above replacement. So that's basically what he's five playing, seasons. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just what he is. Two point five every year, right? That's pretty consistent. Uh, next interest, interesting or intriguing guy. I tried to combine those words and didn't interesting. sound very interesting. Um, who's having the Brooke Bruce here? That's right. D Gordon, or sh I should say D strange Gordon. Uh, last season, he decided to adopt, if it were, for lack of a better term, uh, his mother's name, who was uh, unfortunately passed away when he was only seven years old. And so his name sounds incredibly exotic and definitely sounds like a Marvel superhero. Mm -hmm. And seeing it on his jersey going across his, his small frame back, strange hyphen Gordon, strange Gordon. Number nine, uh, he's getting up there in age a little bit. Hasn't played third base still in his career, so he's typically more middle infielder. Can give you a little uh, time and opportunities in, in in the outfield. Yeah, but uh, I know he's a guy that you you've kind of dug before in the past, as have I. Wouldn't mind seeing D Gordon at Coors Field. Not at all. I've always been one of those guys who I'm like at the right price, kick the tires if he wants to come out. Uh, he doesn't quite run the way he used to, but he can still run. Uh, he, he can still do some interesting things for you on the bases. He can still cover some ground out there in center field. He's a good, solid defender at shorter second, uh, and he can put the ball in play. There's no pop in that bat. There's almost never been any pop in that bat. He's had a couple of years, I think, where he showed a little bit of it. But for the most part, you know, you, you you get what you see, what you get, you get what you see. He is what he is, uh, and I think it can play at course. I've always thought that speed was an underrated ability at Coors Field, and especially in the modern game where analytics just don't give you credit for being a fast guy. They just don't care if you're fast. Well, they don't want you to be. They don't want you to be fast. Straight up. If, if you're getting thrown out one out of every four times you steal a base, don't even bother. And if you're at 80%, the metrics can say, well, you know, maybe standard deviation or, or you know, plus or minus. It's really closer to 75%. So don't even bother. And right. the guy's consistently stealing at an 82% clip. And what if you get caught three times in a row? Ah, well, then forget it. That skews the numbers. And then you, you shut it down and you lose right. all of the advantage you're right. talking about. Right. And I just think there, there's just so much with the size of the outfield, the ability to take the extra base, like Ryan Maltapia hitting doubles on ground balls right back up the middle. You know, that's the kind of stuff that like you can do more at Coors Field because the center fielder's got to play all the way out there. And there's all that grass, like a ball in the gap, a ball in the gap at Coors Field. You should be able to score from first base, either gap. And, uh, you know, any more Nolan, Charlie, Matt Kemp, whoever's catching, there's a long list of guys in your lineup who aren't scoring from first base on a ball in the gap. D. Gordon, Rymel Tapia, David Dahl, these guys are scoring from first base on a ball in the gap, and it, it like that's that's a massive difference, especially when we've seen the Rockies, you know, difficulties over the years at getting runners in with guy guy at third, one out, get the sack fly, get the ball in. How about if you're just a runner at first and I hit a ball in the gap, you score? <laughs> just stuff like that. I just. You know, it, it it matters to the game, so I'd I'd love to see some some more speed. So Tommy Lastella is a guy that I first started paying attention okay. to okay. after he was traded to the Cubs because mm -hmm. he, he was they they talked him up like it was mm -hmm. nobody's business, and it was like oh he's he was good with Atlanta and you know a good little utility guy, but the Cubs made him sound like he was otherworldly. Had a couple mm -hmm. good seasons here there. 
But, you know, uh, started off the season with the Angels, was phenomenal, was acquired by Oakland at the deadline. And so he's now a free agent. He's not going to get paid a lot annually, but could be locked up to a two-year deal. He's interesting when you think about the clubhouse chemistry. So yeah, what I wanted to share with you is a story from a couple years ago. The dude actually had a feud with his GM and team president, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. It went so far as he parked a bouncy castle at their spring training facility in the parking spot of Epstein and Hoyer. And during that day's spring training game, uh, they, they put a sign up on uh, on the little Titan Tron there uh, for Tommy Lestelsa saying, Tommy, nod that it's over. Everybody laughed. Um, he nodded. And they put another one up. Truce. Thank you, Tommy. Good luck. In love. Dot, dot, dot. And in Iowa, which is where the Cubs AAA affiliate is. So they're basically just saying, yeah, you're, we're going to send you to the minor. So the, the last laugh is, is ours because we're the one who called the shots. All right. We're the one who pushed the button. That's so amazing. That's the wrong guys. How, how great of a dude must he be in a clubhouse to be able to pull that off? You got to love that, man. <laughs> yeah. And quite frankly, and we've discussed it before. This is a clubhouse that needs somebody to come in with a friggin' bouncy castle or something <laughs> because the, the, it's it just they have been so tightly wound. I, I was gonna say since the the year, but I'll say what we all know: they've been so tightly wound since Carlos Gonzalez and Gerardo Parra left. That's what they've been so tightly wound since, and and. Mm. Do I want to get myself in trouble, Patrick? Give me a, on a one to ten how much trouble should I get myself in right now with with Rockies fans who are already mad at me? Oh, to the fans! Oh, that's yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I think Rock. The, there's some great Rockies fans out there that get it, and it's fine. So I'm gonna say nine, not ten. Sure. Let's go nine. Ever since the de facto leaders of this team became Nolan Arenado and Charlie Blackman. They have been incredibly tightly wound. They have been on edge. And everything that's gone against them, and a lot of things have gone against them, have been exploded into bigger and bigger problems. And so whether it's uh, Kevin Pillar or uh, Tommy LaStella, and, and I know there are a lot of fans out there that just roll their eyes and hate the idea of bringing in someone for clubhouse. They hated it at the time. They made fun of Gerardo Parra at the time. Mm -hmm. And many of them still don't believe it. So I'll tell you what, I would bet on Gerardo Parra every single time. I would bet my money in my wallets. I would bet what I got on that guy, on the people that show up and make the working environment better. So I don't think there's anything on the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now where you can go and bet on Gerardo Parra. I don't think they have that up. Just they should. There should just be a perpetual like Gerardo Parra question mark. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna take Gerardo Parra plus one one fifty. <laughs> I'm just I'm just in on Gerardo Parra. I don't I don't know for what, but whatever he's doing. Well, there's gonna be some good baseball stuff up here. I'm sure for next year already, very very soon. So if you're adventurous, if if you really already feel like you know what's gonna go on next year, now some of the best time to get in on like those early 
odd stuff or who's going to win the World Series next year, who's going to win their divisions, who's going to lead in strikeouts, win major awards, stuff like that. If you're a little less adventurous than that, and I can totally understand, you want to maybe get in on the ground floor here and you know your football, or maybe you don't know your football, so you want this special deal because DraftKings is going to ensure all new users covered up to 100 bucks this Sunday. Totally risk-free betting for you out there. Just pick a couple of teams, pick one team, whatever you think you got. You download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use the promo code DNVR when you sign up, and you get this can't-miss offer. They are insuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right, you bet, and they cover up to 100 bucks when you use promo code DNVR for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Well, for my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, I'm going to stay away from football because uh, anyone needs to go back and listen to the best darns podcast in Denver. Is that, is that the name of our show? I think the that's DNVR right. Podcast, uh, because you, Rudo, and, and RK do a good job of breaking down Broncos and Raiders. So I'm going to stay away from football and instead yes. give you a pick in the wonderful sport of football. That's right. The world's game, football, football, Foot, football, association, uh, mm. association. Uh, actually, I'm trying to remember soccer comes from, I just went blank. It has to do with association. A, no, it comes from ASOC, like association ASSOC, and it uh, became soccer. So it came. It comes from that. So tomorrow, uh, USA did a good job. They got a draw with with Wales yesterday on Thursday. And for me, I do root for Mexico. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are that are Mexican American. I've had a lot of former students of mine uh, that are Mexican American. And again, hey. Go North America. Root for Canada, too. When those two teams play, I'm rooting for the U.S. But right now, I like Mexico against South Korea tomorrow at 1 p.m. Uh, game's going down tomorrow in Austria. South Korea hasn't played in all of 2020. Uh, I know El Tri, uh, Mexico, has, has they played at a, they had a couple of friendlies in October. So uh, I look for Diego Lainez to, to score again. They got some players back from injury. And the cool thing about this is there are so many different props that you could bet in this game. You can bet specific scores where you say, okay, it's going to be three, nothing. You can bet at the half. You can bet who's going to score first, which player. And those, those pay out in a major way. Those, it's just a lot of fun. So that's why based on everything I'm looking at, it might not pay out great, but it will pay out for you. And that's Mexico, my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. Mexico over South Korea in the friendly on Saturday afternoon. Love it. Can't say I was expecting that one this time, but always in trade. Uh, Mexico's a really fun team to watch play, too. They have an extremely attractive brand of football. That's right. I use that. I, I've learned some phrases. I played soccer from the time I was five to when I was like 12 or 13 or something. Yeah. Enjoy that a little bit. All right, Patrick, let's give the people their trade fixes before we get up on out of here for the evening. All right. What do well, you got? Did we want to start with the craziest or start with the most logical? Uh, let's go with the craziest. Let's, let's right. get crazy. I titled this just one ridiculous Blue Jays trade. Excellent. Uh, I, 
I wish we could see the trade and see a reaction at the same time. Unfortunately, we cannot. So I will read it to you. <laughs> okay, there we go. What was that? <laughs> you absorbed it all. You know what? We don't even have to go any further. Just those three seconds, you have absorbed it. So the Rockies would get Randall Gritchick, Teoscar Hernandez, just won a gold glove. Congratulations, Teoscar. Danny Jansen, nice little catcher. Tanner Roark and Ross Stripling. And all they would have to give up is Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, Kyle Freeland, Herman Marquez, and Ryan Maltapia. Now, who says no first to that deal, Drew? Why, why wouldn't all the Rockies have to do is give up their core? Now, this, now, according to baseball trade values, this was deemed, yeah, put this one up on the board and have people vote on it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. The Rockies, of course, would ne- I don't. I would not want them to do that. I don't think no. any team in their right mind should do this. I don't think it, it benefits them. They get some good players, but they end up having to trade away very good ball players just to eat Arenado and Blackman's contract. And it's it's laughable, but it oh, it's so good. I, so ne- I think it's like a reminder of how like sometimes doing things just entirely by the numbers can lead to some pretty absurd conclusions, right? Sure. It's it's this uh, recognition that a lot of that has to do with the notion that uh, Nolan Arenado has like zero trade value essentially or like neutral trade value, right? Which is understandable on the one hand because you got a huge contract. You just had a terrible year. And he's been hurt the last couple of years. But that we also know he's one of the greatest third basemen to ever live, and he's probably going to still have a lot of great years left in him, and he's probably just an outlier as a human being. We just know he's an outlier. And so putting normal like statistics on him or evaluations like this are, are going to do things like that. But yeah, that, that, that's why it's funny. Like You can get the numbers to match and still come up with something that is patently absurd. Yeah. This one is 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 it's reasonable but it's still like no way makes no sense no. we've got the rockies getting michel baez a nice guy that we we've yet to see start too many games for san diego but tons of upside tons of it but the rockies would have to give up antonio senzatella and ryan Maltapia. And this doesn't make sense because you are getting back a prospect who could be fantastic, but you don't know. He could be another bust. So you can't afford to trade a guy like Sinzatella right now who this could be the best we've ever seen him. And we, we, we never get that again. Maybe that might be the case, but I don't think you trade a young unproven pitcher for one who has been proven. And on top of it, you give up Ryan Maltapia. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly right. It's again, it's the sort of, um, you you, you know, there sometimes a resume works for you, sometimes it works against you. In Antonio Sensatella's case, it's doing a little bit of both. He's got those early years where it was rough on him. So the numbers aren't ready to to say, hey, this guy's going to be great. And then this last year where, hey, this guy was great. And he's still 25. Now he's going to be 26 next year. And so there, there's so much potential there, but you're already far enough through the process that at least I feel like I can trust what I have in Antonio Sensatella, where, you know, w- with the 
Um, I always say his name wrong because you said it right. Because it's not pronounced like Michelle because it's not Michael. Um, and it looks like Michael Givens too. It, it looks like his name is yeah. Michael Givens, and I and that's a different person. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just an unknown commodity. And again, I'm I'm there's only so many chances you can take when you're the Rockies. And I and I think and and I would have to put myself in the GM seat for the other 29 teams in baseball, and so there could be some exceptions, but I, I don't think there are because it doesn't matter even if you had an awful pitching rotation. You would make that trade. If you were the GM of any other 29 teams, totally. you had a guy like Antonio Senzatella who just had a fantastic year, a bit of a breakout, you trade him when your stock is high. Yep. The Rockies are not in that position, and they just simply may never be because of Coors Field. Yeah. Love it or hate it, that's just the fact. Can't give right. those guys away. This one's a blockbuster, not totally crazy, but again, giving up Nolan Arenado. And 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 so now we're getting towards the this is a big shift, right? You say, mm-hmm. again, you're almost damned if you do, damned if you don't. You keep Nolan Arenado, there's going to be fans that go, well, yeah, he's the best in the game. And you probably weren't going to get back better value anyway. Didn't happen with Tulo. Might not happen with Arenado. So you go, keep him. The other group is saying, no, get rid of him. Maybe you get something back. So this is right here in the middle. This is a neutral deal. This is the Mets acquiring Arenado and just $3 million in cash. The Mets are going to be making some serious moves this year. And Arenado could help that get kicked off but what the rockies get is so intriguing i don't hate it the the mets would not do this uh and and part of the issue this this trade is that too many players too many players on one-year deals Syndergaard is a free agent after this season marcus stroman has a quality offer after this season so you couldn't even put a quality offer on him again next season and say hey we can get a draft pick back for him no, you could not. Uh, Thomas Nido, nice little backup catcher. Robinson Cano, hey, you're replacing a star with a star. That's nice. However, last time the Rockies tried to do that with a former Mets midfielder. Yeah. Fred Brock, a nice little relief pitcher from New Jersey. And Del Matanzas, who uh, he, he, he picked up his, picked up his player, player higher, 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 higher back. So you've got, so you've four got guys, four guys that are three there. there. And after, after next season, next season it's, 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 it's going to be Cano, Cano and Nido. Nido and the Rockies Rock should, should say no. So, so no. They, 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 they could get the Mets. The Mets would not do this. Deal. The Mets just, just, just wouldn't. But, but if, I think, but I think the Rockies could say, hey, hold that, hold the phone there, Steve Cohen. And, and 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 Bridich and everybody and their mother would get down to Coors Field, pick up a phone, call a GM, and say, "What would you give me for Stroman? I got a deal for him. What would you give me for Syndergaard? Okay, I got Cano. What would you give me?" And they could come up with the most elaborate, almost seven-team trade. It's never happened before. But if I mean, they, they could just turn around and play right? with that team. They could do that too. They could also just turn around and play with those guys. Like, I, is that a better team? It, would that be a better team if you trade Nolan Arenado and you get? We'll just look at the big names: Stroman, honestly, Syndergaard, Cano, and Batances. Yeah. yeah, they're better. Yeah, they're it's a better. better. That's, a, that's a better team. Yeah, for one it year. Is. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. For next year, yeah, hey, totally. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> this is one of those things because yeah, then a lot of those guys could be free agents as you just ran through or whatever. But yeah, for for twenty twenty one, they would be a better baseball team, uh, especially you know on from a pitching standpoint and from just the number of players. Again, it's just more opportunities to get value from somewhere rather than having. And we, you know, we had this debate in the middle of the season. When Manny came on before we knew Arenado was hurt, and he was saying, it's not fair that Nolan goes through a slump for a couple of weeks and you say it's his fault the team is bad. And I go, all right, well, if if you don't want it that way, here's how you solve that problem. You spread out the value. So it's not all tied up in one superstar player who's making way more money than anybody else. But instead, you've got six or seven guys who that same general value is spread across. So if one of them hurts their shoulder, it's one seventh of the problem you have than it is if the one guy who all of your eggs are in his basket hurts his shoulder. So yeah, they're a better team. They can uh, get creative at third base. You've still got Trevor story under this situation, all their other guys, you're losing one incredible player. Absolutely. But bringing back a whole lot of talent and guys who are ready to play right now and so while you're right the Mets would never do that the concept of it I think is uh intriguing right like the the idea of the Rockies taking on uh, these especially somebody like a Robinson Cano which who really makes that whole thing work right who's who's a very intriguing player who you could just throw in over there at third base or throw him in at second where he's comfortable move McMahon over to third um, and he could have a bounce back. And then you're talking about a team who could really do some special things right away. And no one's getting on you about trading Nolan Arenado in the final year of his deal when he was the one who was complaining about the state of the team. And he might have taken an opt out. Again, they're not going to get this done. But if they could do something like it, take on a player like a Robinson Cano coming off a bad couple of years, a whole lot of money. But maybe but a star player could still have something in there. And then you can get a few other things out of it, specifically pitching. You're not going to get Stroman Syndergaard. But stuff in that area, that's that's an intriguing capability. I, I think what that trade showed us is that there's an avenue where the Rockies can move Nolan Arenado and make themselves immediately better. And I don't think a lot of people have been thinking about it in those terms. People think, you trade Nolan Arenado to start a rebuild. And that's how I've mostly thought about it. You trade Nolan Arenado to start a rebuild. I think that's still the more likely way to go. And I still think both of those things are unlikely. But I'm very intrigued, especially if you can then turn around. We've talked about this before. You take the money you were paying then to Nolan, and then you just turn and give it to, to Trevor. All right, Trev, now you're the guy. Mm-hmm. Especially because all these other guys coming in are one-year deals, right? And again, this trade or a theoretical one. You're building your future around Trevor's story. You've gotten rid of someone who's not happy here. And you bring in players who are ready to go right now and help you win. I would be in favor of that kind of Nolan Arenado trade. Yeah, it's uh, I, I could talk about this deal all, all day long. Just because it, it's a fun one. Again, Mets don't do it, don't aren't gonna do this. But hey, right. when Syndergaard returns uh, from, from Tommy John, you have a starting rotation. Of Herman Marquez, Marcus Stroman, Kyle Freeland, 
followed by Noah Syndergaard as your four, and Antonio Sinzatella, your best pitcher in 2020, brings up the rear. Oh, my I God. Mean, John Gray didn't get into the, the conversation, right? Oh, so yeah, John they, Gray's they yeah, you'd have to, you just would have to trade him, or or you would have. And I've heard of this, Patrick. Correct me if I'm saying this wrong. I, I think it's a pitching depth. Did I say that right? De- pitching depth. I've never put those two you words in that order to, before. In reference to John Gray, you know, kind of not being in the start, starting rotation there, maybe being the sixth best starter. Uh, you could pronounce it as pitching depth, or you could also pronounce it as shutdown closer. Moving on to another deal that we we don't have to go into, but it it's similar where Rockies get Cano. uh, They get Brett Batty, uh, a third base uh, prospect that was selected in in the 2019 draft. J.D. Davis, who had a huge year, uh, nice little bounce back after playing in in Houston and is a very coveted piece that the Mets are almost certainly going to have to trade Uh, again. Rockies are going to have to give some money over there to, to cover a lot of what's left on the Arenado deal. But again, you look and you say, okay, well, you know, it's, it's not the, the, the overpay of that last one where you get, you know, two aces essentially uh, and, and a reliever, but you do get possibly your third base for the future and, and Brett Beatty and you, you, you get a, a star and Robinson Cano and Hey, the DH comes in 2022 as we uh, expected to then, Hey, there's your DH. You're okay. Yeah. All right. The final deal that I, I want to look at here, we'll wrap up uh, that, that seems legitimate. And, you know, we, we started this episode talking off, uh, talking about third baseman and shortstop. It is a deal where the angels go after Trevor's story, depending on uh, which sports book you look at, the angels are actually the favorite to acquire Trevor's story. Not that it's going to happen, but of all the other 29 big league clubs, the angels have the best odds to acquire Trevor's story. So who would the Rockies get back? Well, they get Dylan Bundy for, for one season that he does have remaining. So again, nice to get back a starting pitcher, even if it's just for a year, Uh, they get uh, a nice left-handed pitching prospect that does need to go on the 40 man named Hector Jan. So that's a guy you can hope and dream on. And you have a guy that Drew, you and I talked about a lot in June. <laughs> My boy. We assumed he was going to be the ninth overall pick for the Rockies in Reed Detmers. You get all of that for Trevor's story. You actually end up saving money in this deal, and you could still turn around and go and get Didi, maybe Marcus Stroman, maybe Angelton Simmons. You get yep. four players here, essentially, for the price of one. And again, this is the type of of thing that you would have to do if if you can't right. sign Trevor Story to an extension you've got to trade him for pitching 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 and as we talked to Mark Knudsen about the other day the fact that you get two young highly intriguing left-handed pitchers there uh is that much more interesting i think and and then you know Dylan Bundy does well enough for a year maybe you can talk him into sticking around maybe you don't need him depending on how these other guys are uh, improving if ryan rollison and reed detmers um and uh you know maybe a castellani or somebody is taking a step forward then you don't need to go out and sign marcus stroman or re-sign dylan bundy and and if they haven't then you can and, and you've saved the money that you were probably going to be spending in whatever extension for trevor story so yeah, that's the kind of move that I think would be 
acceptable. You don't love it. You don't love that you're you're leaving. You're you're getting rid of Trevor's story. I, I still think an extension of Trevor's story would be preferable for most Rockies fans, and probably even just straight up for the the value of the team. Those types of players are are hard to come by, but um, that yeah, that would be palatable. That would be acceptable. And the the thing I keep coming back to with that is this idea that. You know, if 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 you use that time machine that you and I like to use to just do things differently with trades, right? Uh, and 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 relive the world again with a butterfly effect, is how many times does that Tulowitzki deal work out, and the Rockies are able to get two quality starting pitchers in Jeff Hoffman and Jesus Tinoco, and right. they get a really good bullpen arm in Miguel Castro where that works out. How many times and how many different multiverses out there does that actually happen? Right. And just because it didn't happen once doesn't mean it can't happen. Doesn't mean it won't happen again, but it, it does mean, you know, or rather it should mean that it, it could work out. It could work out the next time around. Rockies learn some things, or maybe they get guys they actually want or guys that they know would fit in the system rather than the best possible options and say, yeah. all right, well, we'll take Tinoco. He's a guy we can dream on. I'm sure we could, worst case scenario, we could use him in the back end of our bullpen, um, which which is what it ended up being. But maybe a different time, different place, right. they, they do actually get some, some starting pitching help in a trade for one of their stars. Yeah. Well, it's all interesting. There, there's like you said, there's a lot of possibilities there. It really could be anything from their team that moves forward with Arenado and Story for the foreseeable future, or none of them are here, and we're getting to know a, a whole new cast of characters. And I think, Patrick, what, what we've done an interesting job of laying out here today is that can go either way. That could be a total disaster where you're going, I can't believe they did that, or you're going, Wow, okay. I don't want them to trade Nolan Arenado. I'm sad that guy's gone, but I think the team's better. That's very much a possibility. Or I think more likely in the case of Trevor Story, that's going to be harder to pull off. It's going to be the team's going to be better. Uh, and that's an interesting thing to dream on as well. So I know a lot of times the possibility of, of Nolan or Trevor leaving is, is put into an incredibly negative light. Uh, and I think there's a way to look at it here and go, actually, Rockies could swing some interesting things out of it. And if the worst case scenario, real, the worst case scenario is that both of them leave in free agency for nothing, right? The next most likely scenario, and I think the most likely scenario is actually that both stay on for quite a while, which creates a certain lack of flexibility in the roster. But at least, you know, fans will be happy. <laughs> yeah, careful what you wish for, right? It's totally. Hey, just remember, remember out there, wanting the Colorado Rockies to operate like the Oakland A's and the Tampa Bay Rays, and wanting Nolan Arenado to be a Colorado Rocky for life, contradictory desires. It's, it might not be a Venn diagram whatsoever, <laughs> right? It's just there's, there's, two circles that never make contact. Yeah. You can't have both of those things. And so we're going to find out which direction they're going to go, I think, relatively soon, actually. So it's going to be an intriguing offseason. Uh, even if there aren't the big moves, there's going to be signs of the big direction because there's no choice. The, 
these big decisions are forcing themselves upon the Colorado Rockies, and we're going to be there to cover it the whole way. So you got to subscribe to the DNVR.com. You got to use that promo code Rockies. Read all the articles. You get a free shirt. You get a free mask, free sticker pack, and you get a bigger beer when you come down to the DNVR bar. You get to join us in our Discord chat, or you can talk to us all the time about your favorite trade proposals, whatever you think the Rockies should be doing out there. You can just share with us some new music, new TV show you're watching, whatever you want. We just hang out in there and we enjoy your company. We love being a part of the DNVR community just as much as anybody else out there. So uh, as we said earlier, if you're looking for a reason to re-up the subscription, now's the time to do it to help us beat all of those other beats and use that promo code Rockies. Other than that, just follow everyone at social media at Drew Creaseman at Patrick D. Lyons at DNVR underscore Rockies. Continue to be absolutely awesome out there. We will continue to be absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we will see you at the ballpark.